Okay, welcome to the episode one of the Fuzz Club. Thank you all for, for being on here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, so the, the idea behind this, for anyone checking this episode out, is is basically, uh, it's a book club, but for the fuzz. It's, um, we're gonna pick, we're gonna pick an album, and we're gonna listen to it, and we're gonna all meet back up and, and talk about it. So that's what we did, and uh, the first episode here is uh, Cave In, Heavy Pendulum, which is a, a kind of a, a big album. I, I got, I saw a lot of people talking about it, a lot of people posting about it. I didn't really know who Cave In was prior to this. Um, this didn't sound familiar, but I, I guess this is like their seventh album. So they are not new to this, but um, I thought it was great. So it, does it, does anyone, did anyone not like it? I guess let's start there. Does anyone not like this album? Ha <laughs> 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 oh, shit. It it's grown on me. I'll say that the yeah. the first like the first like few tracks are like uh, a little bit more like on it's a little thrashier mm-hmm. and like, oh man why would they pick this album and then that third track I forget what that third track is uh, is just beautiful uh, I'm pulling up the song list now yeah but by the time we get to floating skulls I was all right I'm settling in and then heavy pendulum like the title track is excellent oh, yeah then, I love that one. Yeah, and then by like blinded by the blaze, I was by the blaze. I was like, all right, I get it. This is cool. I'm yeah. in. There, there's I, really there's kind of like a, a little bit of something for everyone, and that's how yeah. kind of how it was described to me when I when I was first yeah. told about this album was like, since I didn't know who the band was, I was like, well, there's no way that this is like Stoner Rock because I would have heard about them by their seventh album, you know. And then it was like, oh, now I get it. I mean, you can be like a progressive fan you can be a metal fan you can be a stoner or a sludge fan i mean it's kind of got a little bit of everything for everybody in it i thought so yeah definitely it's a lot of melodic parts and then really mm-hmm. heavy like detuned guitars and yeah lots of effects on the pedals and mix of everything for everybody really yeah I love it. and i went back and listened to some of their older stuff i don't know if anyone else did the same but the other like six albums and i did not get that feeling from the other six albums i mean this album was no. way different than their older stuff to me and light years better in my opinion and heavier and more interesting and, and everything i i agree with you there i i kind of speed listened to their other albums and i had seen a, a press release previously that was kind of like this is like the the apex of all of their sounds coming together because like they've done they've had so many different sounds in the past and they've done so much and yeah. like you said this is a much more mature uh album yeah and I don't know what that that is exactly. I know that there were some changes in their lineup. Um, this was the first without Caleb Schofield, which I guess was a longtime member of Caven. Uh, but I, I think it was pretty much the same cast aside from from him. So I don't want to put it on him because I don't believe he's alive anymore. But I don't know. <laughs> a good step here on this half of that. <laughs> yeah, man, this album was superbly. Uh, you know, recorded, mixed, and mastered. Holy shit, man. I, I actually just, to throw this in there, man, I listened to it, like, very thoroughly last night, man, and it reminded me of, uh, you, you know, some of the, the, the music, as you get through some of the heavier stuff in the beginning, dude, I saw a lot, or personally, because um, I grew up with a lot of classic rock, dude, I felt like I, you know, a, a lot of, like, sticks, and Boston kind of kind of vibe, you know, there towards the end, the amaranthine. Holy shit, man. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. 
See, that's that's an interesting take because I was like, I wish this is what Mastodon still sounded like. As, as I went through that album the whole time, I was like, God, if Mastodon still sounded like this, I would be such a huge fan of their newer stuff. You know what I love too, man, is I love the uh, the uh, the the solid vocals, and then it breaks into the sludge. And the the other band that I really really love that I think is totally underrated is Frail. Does this very well too. The female band Frail. She sings so fucking beautifully, dude. And then they break into this fucking sludge, and it's heavy as hell. Personally, man, I oh man, that that just that that, that eats in my soul, man. I love it. Yeah, okay. yeah. I I definitely was was more uh, clinging to a lot of the sludgier elements. Uh, like I, I was I was pretty bought in to new reality. Um, like I I was just because I didn't really know much about Caven. Um, I, as I recall, they were, you know, more of like hardcore bands. So I was, I was a little surprised. Um, and then that kicked in and just the riffs were, were just spot on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially the, there's, there's a coming from it, I guess, as a, as a guitarist, one of the things that I really noticed was just how they recorded the guitars in terms of having such a high, you know, gain, you know, dirty sound while also maintaining a lot of clarity. Um, I thought it was really fascinating and a really interesting choice. Yeah. So you, you brought up like a hardcore element and that might come from the fact that at least one or maybe two of the members were in the band Converge. And I don't, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't know Converge very well, but that was how it was presented to me also was like, this is like the Converge guys, like a, a side project, a more stoner version of that, which I don't know if you can get that feel or not. And I don't know Converge that well. Um, but as soon as I heard it, I heard Mutoid Man. First time I heard it, I was like, this is like Mastodon meets Mutoid Man. And then after I looked into it a little bit, the reason is because it's the exact same singer in both bands. So that's why. Uh, uh, <laughs> I would explain a lot. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, cool, man. Did, uh, did any of you like research this album? Like it, To me, listening to this, it feels a little bit like a concept album. Does anyone have any insight on that? I yes, I, yeah, I felt like it was a concept album too. I, 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 I really did, man. I felt like it told a story kind of from the the beginning, and the uh, the climax was kind of heavy pendulum, and then it kind of mellowed off from there. But I felt like, and and I'd like to get more into the lyrics to to, to read the, the lyrics and see what they say. But but I definitely felt that, man. It was kind of a concept album. Yeah, I I was I remember looking into it a little bit, and it doesn't say anything about the album as a whole. But Blood Spiller, it says, was written in response to several events that occurred in 2020, and I'm sure we can all guess what those events. Okay. Were. Yeah, because um, it says uh, you know the album was written uh, 2021 during the pandemic. The album was written. I I think it might have even been like recorded and stuff then too. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting kind of seeing this this wave of, of pandemic albums that are coming out yeah. and how different bands are, are uh-huh. reacting to it. Um, you know, like our, our album was a, a pandemic album. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's been a ton of, of output, really. Um, this being a, a really great example of, of kind of... Because for me, when I was listening to this, I heard a ton of different sounds. Uh, my, my first listen to the album, I didn't get it. Uh, you know, just to be completely honest. <laughs> uh, I totally agree. 
yeah, I was confused. Um, and then about the third or fourth time, it started to kind of make sense to me um, in terms of that, that almost scattershot array of sounds started to feed into kind of how you guys are talking about this possibly being a concept album. Yeah. Um, if it isn't a concept album lyrically, I think that intentionally or not, it's concept album musically. Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. stuff I loved and then stuff I was like, this just doesn't fit at all. And then obviously listening to it, you know, like four, five, six times through, it started to really grow on me as a, as a whole album. I feel like I'm that way about most albums. I got to listen to it a couple times through. And surprise, actually, this wasn't one of those albums. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is rad. Yeah, I was hooked right away to that. I heard one song on this album, dude, and I was like, this is going to be a fucking killer album. I've heard one song. It just blew me away. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It grabbed me from the beginning, man. Uh, initially, the ones that really stuck with me were New Reality and Blinded by a Blaze. Dude, I was right coming blinded by a blaze like, for hours. Yeah, I, yeah. I could listen to one by Does anyone else have any like favorite tracks or, or any tracks that they, they just couldn't listen to that they, they didn't like? I I was in the car today and uh, I was like on a long drive and I, I played this album and I think I like sang along to like everything. There's there's so many hooks. I really like Heavy Pendulum and I really like Blinded yeah. by a Blaze. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I wrote down that Amaranthine, however you say that one. That one was one of my favorites. New Reality, Searchers in Hell, Blood Spiller. You know, there was some Wavering Angel was probably like one of my least favorites on the on the whole track, but it was still I mean it was still good, but that was probably one of the ones that, that I just didn't care too much for was Wavering Angel. Hmm. I was curious Agreed. about Wavering Angel, what everyone would think about it, because I think it's yeah. a really it's smart and and I think it's a pretty daring song. <laughs> Uh, I could see it being pretty off-putting for for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. A, it, yeah, I, I don't know. Phenomenal song, man. Once again, entire album is is great, but that was one that really stuck out. <laughs> that was a little bit different than the rest. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I don't. We need, like, cough, we need a cough button for you, Paul. Yeah, I know, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> I I was surprised by it because. Like there are a couple like interlude tracks, which I think helps lend to like the concept album. It's kind of like okay, right. here's a little respite uh, before you get to the rest of the album. And I yeah. felt like Reckoning had so much melody in it that, and it's sort of like a breakdown at the end that it kind of worked as a concluding track. Mm -hmm. And like me, if I was in the studio, like that's where I would have wanted it to conclude. And I don't have any beef with like Wavering Angel as a song. But I'm not like the biggest fan of it as the final track of the album because I feel like Reckoning did that job. Yeah, Reckoning was interesting. I mean, obviously different from a lot of the the rest of the album, but I thought it was a good, it was a solid, solid song. Yeah, I really liked Wavering Angel. Like the first time I heard it, I was driving around and it was in a certain mood that that song fit really well to the mood I was in, and I was like, oh my god, this is really epic yeah. sounding. And like, cool. I, I showed it to my friends right away. I was like, check this out, and I was all excited about it. And, have um, you guys listened to Mutoid Man in the past? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're. I think Mutoid Man is fucking great. I knew of them like for years, long long before this album came out, and I thought they were fucking great. They have an album called Bleeder that was yeah. really fucking great, and then they came out with the one after that called uh, Warmones, I think, and um, really fucking good. But like his voice is so distinct to me that I I got that feeling throughout this. But maybe this was like a little bit more. Um, 
like thought out a little bit more like complex as music, but Mutoid Man is just like kind of in your face and uh, it's definitely worth checking out. I think it's uh, it's always been one of my, my favorites. It's really good. But the, the vocal delivery of him, you know, like really stands out in, in both those bands. So, yeah, I like the mix of clean vocals and then the bassist is doing the, the growly backups and back, like filling everything in and sounds really huge. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of that's kind of why I kept comparing it to Mastodon was like the music was complex. It had different vocal <laughs> deliveries, but there was like heaviness. There was like a growl, a scream. There was a yeah. clean. And uh, it was just like what, what I wish Mastodon <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. It's what Mastodon used to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they used to do it really well. I mean, better than better than most, and uh, they don't do it quite. They don't do quite what I'm looking for anymore. But they're, you know, they're still great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was curious what uh, everyone would think about the, the variations in vocal delivery because I found myself more interested, maybe just for my own personal taste, um, in a lot of the growling vocals. Yeah um or when there was interplay um i found myself kind of a little i don't want to say disinterested but a little less interested when it was just clean vocals um but i think that could also just be a matter of what i listen to when i'm relaxing (laughs) maybe but i love that mix of like clean and like that's what I like too, man. I love that, dude. Yeah, I love it when they bring them both you know, together. And if, you, uh, if you're just uh, growling the whole time, I can get bored. And if you're just, if it's yeah. just clean, it can feel a little too light for me. And if yeah. you listen to some of the old cave-in, it, it felt real light to me. Like almost like a pop, like a pop punk type of thing in some of their songs. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't into it. But this mix of like the growls and the screams and the, and the clean was just like, it's perfect. Did anybody listen to the Towns Van Zant album? I did. Had? Yeah, I, I wrote that down. I wanted to bring that up. I mean, that was surprising. as far as like Caven, like the their older stuff, not really hitting the spot for me. It's cool that they made this Towns Van Zant like covers collection. I think uh, someone else is on that album too. But yeah, there's like two or three other people on there. But but they do like that kind of acoustic and and more folky like stuff really well too. I mean, they're this is like a really heavy heavy album, and that Towns Van Zant stuff they they do it masterfully they do it really well yeah on that uh towns van zant album too sorry isn't amon ra on that towns van zant album as well i don't know i'm not sure i could see them doing that with that last song amaranthine kind of getting into the folky stuff with that kind of song it's pretty mellow a lot of you know a lot of vocals and and uh it even has a little folkiness to it in Which certain song? parts amaranthine there's certain parts yeah i thought that was like the uh the heavier one i thought that was like the heavier no, faster one. That, that i thought that was like the the most mellow song on the album but I that was so. i think we're talking about two different songs the very last song amaranthine no last song is wavering angel i think <clears throat> yes. yeah that's yeah yeah that is definitely the, the yeah no that's definitely the that is definitely the lowest one, but this this one I thought was pretty mellow too. But yeah, I I actually really dug how they they were like it's something that is not necessarily easy to do as a heavy band to to go towards a mellow direction um, because you really don't know what the fuck you're. Uh, I hope I can swear on this. Yeah, you can. Well, you know this is a little hmm. different. I don't know. Um, but you know, you don't know what the fuck your your audience is going to think 
Um, and, and it's a scary thing as, as a, as a musician to take that, that, that jump. And I felt like they did that in multiple ways. Um, you know, I purposefully didn't listen to other Caven albums uh, because I wanted to kind of take this for what it was as a as a you know a statement. Um, but uh, I was I was genuinely impressed by their varying levels of heaviness and softness, yep. you know, melody and harshness. Um, it. At first, the first couple times I listened to the album, like we were listening to it on the road, and and I was like, I don't get it. Like I feel like this is just kind of thrown together. But the more that I listened to it, I was like, I I see what they're doing here. Like they're they're really making some some daring moves, and they're essentially creating. To me, it sounded like almost like a set list. Um, yeah, where, I mean, uh, it, they could definitely play this whole album through, and I don't think that anyone yeah. would be dissatisfied with it. <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> yeah, got so many like ebbs and flows, and it and it really yeah. reminds me of, of like a really smartly built set list. Yeah, um, or concept album. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. a, that's going to say that that's why I thought it, it it reminded me of a concept album in that way in that manner. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, um, so how did you describe it the other day, like on Instagram? Because I thought that pretty much hit the nail on the head. Me? How did I? Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, shit, I don't either. But it, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, to, to me, I mean, to me, it's it's just a mix of like, you know, a, a little bit of everything for everybody. It's it's stoner. It's progressive. It's sludge. It's metal. You know, and to me, it's like a Mastodon meets Mutoid Man type of thing. And I mean, that's how I would describe it to someone. But you know, it was described to me mentioning Converge. And, and mentioning Mutoid Man and mentioning this new band and and I, I get all those elements out of it for sure. It um to to Blake's point, it, it is like a really vulnerable album. And I heard a lot of Baroness in it. And I think yep. I think they do a really good job of being really heavy, but having sort of like that, that pain vocal delivery. That's um, that's yeah. what you had said the other okay. That makes Is that is that what <laughs> I said? Yeah. I, I also heard a lot of torch in there too, especially yeah. with just like the um, and then the melody writing over top of it. You know what else I heard, um, which I was surprised about. And Paul, you talked about being like you're know, really into like classic rock and like the sticks. Uh, I, I grew up in like the '90s on like grunge and stuff, and I heard a lot of uh, Fantastic Planet by Filter, uh, especially <laughs> on the end of Blinded by a Blaze, where there's like that sort of like weird melody at the end. Like I was like. I kind of almost checked to be like, am I listening to a fantastic planet right now? Um, but also like those interludes are kind of built in in the same way. And so the structure felt similar as well. Yeah. I would actually, sorry, go, go ahead, Paul. I would say, man, I would actually, uh, this is something I wanted to, to bring up. I would actually put this album right now, hands down in, in probably my top, top five for the year, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I mean, I I think it would be really hard not to for me. Just I yeah. know they're a bigger they're a bigger band. I tend to look towards the the smaller bands and, and right. to, like, pick something out of there. But it would be really hard not to include this for me anyway. Like I just think it's so good all the way through. It's got all the stuff I look for. It's everything. Man. You know, it's not just like yeah. it's brutal. It's like it's, it's like they hit every fucking mark, man, on this album. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Was there anything that you thought that they could like? 
improve upon? I mean, what do you, where do you want them to go next? Or, you know, we kind of talked about what their music sounded like before this and how they kind of hit the mark way better on this one. Like, was there anything that they missed the mark on or that it was missing or that you would like to see more of in the future? I want it to get heavier. Even heavier, yeah? I'd say yeah. that, yeah. I, I, I like where it is. Um, I hate to use the word bloat, but I would... This is a long album. And like I said before, like, yeah. I didn't feel like Wavering Angel was necessary. They came super heavy out of the gate for me uh, with New Reality, which like now I kind of like. Um, but if, if I were like to revisit this, I would, I would probably like cut out a couple of songs. The middle of the album was solid, I thought. Oh, absolutely. It was yeah. stunning. Yeah, I I almost wonder so Pat, you you seem to new reality grew on you, Wavering Angel you kinda like, but you, you think it could be gone. Would you have liked it more if Wavering Angel was near the beginning and New Reality was at the end? I I think I think Wavering Angel could get cut. Um, just because, like, I don't know where else I would put it sonically. Like, it, it doesn't really work as the intro. It works best as the outro because of the way Reckoning kind of concludes on the lighter note. But it, it's like, uh, it's if anything, it would serve better maybe as, like, a, well, it's a 12-minute track, though. I don't know. I don't know what I would do with it. It's a big track to... See, I, I love Wavering Angel. Like, I, I didn't like it at first, and then the more I listened to it, I was like, this is maybe my second or third favorite song on the album. (laughs) I think New Reality was a great opening song, too, man. I I mean, I think they picked a really good opening song. I think they picked a very good, uh, you know, exit song. And I think they they picked the best song, fucking Heavy Pendulum. (laughs) That that fucking song fucking kicks teeth, man. They they picked the best song for the album. I mean, I... I don't know, man. I, I can't see anybody doing much better on this thing. It's going to be hard to fucking, it's going to be hard to come back behind this, this motherfucker, man. For sure. Yeah. yeah the course on, on heavy pendulum is stuck in my head. Like every time I listen to God it. God damn, dude. It's so good, man. Uh, and then the, I was just song, jamming it. Uh, pendula, yeah. Pendula ambient, or how you say it, the number five, it just flows from that song. In the careless offering, like so smoothly, and just yeah. a different feel. Awesome. So, I wanted to bring up at some point uh, Richie Beckett, who is the artist behind the artwork on this oh, thing. Oh man! Um, because I, I, I just love it, man. I, I think it's fucking phenomenal, and oh. I love that. So, uh, Richie Did- Beckett is his name. He's the dude that made this artwork, which is just fucking amazing. <laughs> I think it like is is great artwork for the album itself. Does anyone else have any thoughts on this music or this album art aside from it's fucking awesome? Yes, so did I it shared not- it with my cousin Mike, who you've collaborated with before, and um, yeah, like the first thing he said was like, "Oh, that's a Richie Beckett piece." So I'm like, "How the fuck do you even know that?" But secondly, <laughs> like, he's right. You just told it. it's fucking dope. And then yeah. secondly, like my favorite part about getting into this whole genre or subgenre of all these different albums is the artwork it's yeah killer almost every album has stick artwork yeah. did anybody see the um or listen to to the um the version that relapse put out because each song comes up with different artwork it was fucking phenomenal Oh really? I know. Yeah, you, you have to watch the uh, the uh, relapse version. I, I pulled it up on YouTube. 
last night and every song as it transitions the song comes up and there's there's different artwork it it, it was it, it just it made it so good man very cool yeah paul is it in the same style same style exact same style it was the same artist i didn't know who it was um that's the first time i you know personally I've, i think i've ever seen this guy or maybe i just didn't know but uh, so I, think that, I think he did do some work for mastodon i think he did maybe their latest album or like okay. the album before that or maybe that ep yeah. or something one of those he did yes yeah, um, phenomenal man phenomenal Ryan, to, to answer your original question, though, like Blake and I were, were talking about this album earlier, and I was like, it's, this is good like music for when you're depressed. And I, I think this artwork kind of matches that. Like, There's nothing but destruction in this image. <laughs> that kind of fits the, the tone of the album, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Kind of represents Eddie, the Eddie you're, the, uh, you're the resident artist. What do you think, Eddie? Um, I really spoke to me because like, the, the artwork it has a lot going on there. Same thing with the album too. There's a lot of different influences on the album, and different yeah. like genres mixed together, and that's what I see in this picture too. For sure. So yeah. I, I grabbed a couple other um, of Richie Beckham's artwork because he's done some cool posters. I know he's done some new like different album covers and stuff, but I thought some of his posters and stuff from his website were pretty rad too. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So Foo Fighters. I mean, obviously, like probably one of the the biggest ones that he uh, contributes that's to, cool. but but pretty rad. Nice. He did Queens of Stone Age. This is kind I of a different that. style. I mean, there's only like, it's, it's a one color thing. It's kind of like, um, like almost like stippling or something, or um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like pointillism almost. But nice, cool. Mastodon, of course. This isn't obviously oh, the album artwork, but he did some concert posters uh, for him. Yeah, this one's one of the one of the better ones. This is crazy. If you like stare at this one, there's like so much going on in this, yeah. even in the background stuff and the colors. It's pretty awesome. Another Queens one. I like this one a lot. I like the colors on this one. That's yeah. fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. The Pixies. This one's pretty sweet. Nice. Whole, like European tour poster. Yeah. yeah. So dude's got skills, and I think he uh, I think he matched this album uh, pretty well. Yeah. There's an interesting like classic nature to to the artwork. Um, like I could see it just as much as some like especially for the the Caven album cover. I could see that as you know, someone getting that as, you know, half of their sleeve as a tattoo or something like that. 100%. Um, yeah. Some of his other artwork, it rem- it's very, you know, romantic, you know, it, it's yep. very like early 19th century art. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting to see, like, you can tell it's the same guy uh, just because the, the use of, of movement, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, but but there's some diversity there. It's really cool, for sure. You guys have the record? Not yet. All the good records. Nice, dude. <coughs> I think I might order a print of that album. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hang on the wall for sure. Right. Fucking sick, man. I see. I see that they're they're playing shows. I don't know if they're coming to a town near you anytime. I actually hit them up, dude, um, because they're doing a tour, and Texas wasn't on the tour, and I hit them up, and I was like, please, man, y'all need to come to Texas, dude. Um, I'll I'll do my best to fucking get everybody there I can. Yeah. They're from Boston, right? They're from Boston. Boston. Yeah, they're touring, man. Um, They're touring right now. Yeah, Yeah, they're uh, touring right now or this fall. It said fall tour. I don't know if it started yet or not, but I saw fall tour 2022 
And, um, and I hit him up, you know, asked him to come to Texas, man, you know, fucking Austin, dude, it's the live music capital of the world. I, I don't know why some of these bands just bypass us all, all the time, but, um, you, you know, we, you know, we, we got a lot of people here, man, that love the music. <laughs> uh, yeah. I kind of noticed that when I lived in Austin for a couple of years, like some of the bigger bands wouldn't hit Austin, which I thought was kind of surprising. No, yeah, they don't, man. Yeah, yeah. I Austin. I used to have to drive to, to Dallas or Houston sometimes. Yeah, so. yeah. Dallas and Houston would get them, but Austin, you know, yeah. I think Austin's more for like the independent and smaller acts and stuff. Sometimes they are, man. But they got some phenomenal venues that would de- that could definitely you know, support um, them. You know, the the, the Mohawk w- w- would be like a good place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great venue. Um, what do you? I'm I'm curious. What do you guys want from the next Cave-In album? I I agree, man. I want like a just a just a tad bit more heaviness. I like the heaviness. I love the transitions, you know, between the the kind of the mellower and the heavy. But um, but but I could personally use a little more heaviness myself. I don't think you can ever really go wrong with <laughs> a little heavier. Like not not because like everyone should just be getting heavier all the time necessarily. But like, right, if you're gonna err on one side with your next album, I think it's always a fuck up to go lighter. And if you go a little heavier, no one's going to be mad at you for it. Right. You, you missed the mark a little bit. Maybe it wasn't the yeah. best, but no one's going to be mad yeah. at you for going heavier. So like, yeah. I always would, would suggest going heavier for everybody. But I think it'd be cool to hear something like a little like heavier, but slower, like sludgier. Because yeah. a lot of the heavy yeah. songs on there are they're pretty upbeat and fast. And a lot of people describe them to me as like a sludge band, and I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't really hear sludge necessarily oh, yeah. as much." But that's how they were described to me a couple times, and even on like, on like Wikipedia, it'll say like a sludge band, and I'm like, "That's not how I like think of sludge necessarily." But yeah, I would, I would describe them more like almost like a prog like band. Like that's, I would do. They're, they're all over the place, but I think prog prog is probably the best umbrella. For, I would, I would say so, at least yeah. on this record specifically. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, they're they're a progressive doom psych stoner rock band. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's what makes uh, the record interesting. I feel like it's just fucking bad, man. Ooh, this is fucking that's yeah, unbelievable album, man. Um, yeah, I I love it when I listen to a record and I'm like, what do I call this? How do I describe yeah. this one? Yeah, yeah. The whole package, man, with the art, you know, the artwork, it was everything, you know, it was everything. It would be interesting to go see them and see who the makeup of the crowd is. If it's like metalheads or if it's yeah. like metal nerds or if it's like stoners or like who, who's going to this show, you know, I'm sure it's a good mix, but it'd be interesting to see who the majority is. Yeah. Is there, are there more flannel shirts or are there more black t-shirts? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just curious. Did anybody check to see how that album placed on the Doom charts for for May? Um, yeah, I think yeah, it it came in on the Doom charts, man. I don't remember what the number. It was in the I think it was number three. Don't quote oh. me, man. Just on my mind, I remember. I think it was number three. But yeah, I, I don't I, I don't remember the Doom chart specifically. But I I looked at some. It was like between three and five somewhere like that. It was like between three and five. But it probably should, you know I. I, I I had to go back and listen to number one because, like I said, hands down, this album is going to be in my top five for the year. If not, you know, they if like not number one, I don't know. You know, they were, they, were, uh, they were number six. 
They were number six. Oh, okay. Okay, number six. Yeah, I knew they were like a little bit lower than I thought they should have been, yeah. personally. But sometimes but, the bigger bands don't get like the Doom chart, like love, right? Yeah. I mean, like they're yeah. typically a little bit smaller bands and stuff, right? That's why I was a little bit you know, surprised. Honestly, I, I was a little bit surprised to see them uh, relapse band on there. I think they're the first relapse band I've ever seen on the Doom chart. So I, I was surprised about that. I know a lot of critics loved it, though. I mean, I saw a lot of 10 out of 10. Oh, dude. A lot of, like, 90%. I saw a lot it's of... It's got a lot of doomy in it, man. It's got a lot of heavy, you know, heavy heavy bass in it. Yeah. So is there anything else that we want to say about this uh, this album? Um, <laughs> if anybody wants one, man, come to the Cosmic Peddler and pick up an album, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to get some more, man. Especially after listening to it, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to buy every fucking copy I can. This this thing is a masterpiece, man. Yeah. Any final I did thoughts? really like it. Yeah. Like, it was good to listen through over and over. It was, it was good. Makes work go by better. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think in the future, like with the, the Fuzz Club, like we'll probably pick like some smaller bands and different genres and older albums or whatever. Like, But yeah. I think this was a really good one to start off you know the, the these episodes with because it just hits so many sweet spots for so many it people does. they're and big but they're not everybody. so big that it's like really another person talking about this album i mean i think that right. it's a good size and so we'll see where this uh where this whole thing goes but i think it was a good good one to start off on and i think mm-hmm. that while it, it probably got lots and lots of listeners that there's probably still a lot of people out there that have never heard this album because i yeah. i didn't know cave in until this one and it was you know their yeah. seventh album so Hopefully we turned a couple people onto it, I think. And yeah, because um, they still got albums left, man. So, uh, like I said, I, I think this is a very underrated album because there's still albums left. And I know albums that relapse sells out of pretty quick. Um, I don't know how many that they pressed of of this, but I'd say they probably did a standard, whatever they do standard. And um, I'm, I'm surprised they still have this one, man. <laughs> yeah. Really surprised. Well, I did a, a terrible job of uh, starting this thing off with uh, not giving everyone an intro at all, even though we just talked about it before I started. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we want to like go around and uh, if you want to plug whatever you guys are up to and, and, and introduce yourself at the, the end of this episode, you know, by, by all means, um, I don't know what it looks like on your screen, but Blake, you're, you're the closest to me on, on screen. So if you want to yeah. take it away. Yeah, I'm uh, Blake from IWAS. I uh, just got back from a Midwest tour with Twin Wizard. Uh, we are, uh, if you're in the Phoenix area, we are selling tickets for uh, our show with Elder, Ruby the Hatchet, and Dreadnought. Um, and then uh, really in the near future, it's just uh, going into the studio to record the second album. So uh, buy, buy shirts, buy patches, buy vinyl, help us record the second album. Right on. Pat? Uh, I'm Pat uh, from Monster Riff. I'm also a Doom Charts contributor. Um, the only thing I have to plug is just this week I published a podcast episode with John Garcia. I was super excited about it. Uh, awesome, so if you guys are watching and you've got time, uh, it's 45 minutes, so go check it out. Uh, I was I was super excited. Very cool. My buddy, Luke? Um, Luke, I'm Ryan's friend for way too long. <laughs> Um, and I just kind of got into some of this metal stuff uh, a couple years ago when we started another uh, 
playlist that evolved into Slightly Fuzz. So yeah, yeah, you you helped me basically craft that Slightly Fuzz playlist from the start. So you know, I, I love it. Um, the heavier, the slower, the better. When we started, but I'm I'm grasping all the different uh, intricacies of all the different subgenres. Fuck yeah, Eddie. Um, Eddie, I play guitar in The Endless. We got our first album in the mix right now, coming out next year ish. And I play bass in the uh, Lords of the Opium Church, and we're in the middle of writing our second album right now. And we got a show on Saturday, so we might be doing like a live stream on um, Instagram. So keep your eyes open. Oh, awesome! That's cool. Right on. Paul, cool man. Paul with the Cosmic Peddler. Um, I, I sell records. Uh, that's it, man. I try to try to work with underground bands and underground music and sell you know doom psych rock stoner metal classic rock all kinds of stuff right on well like i said we have like kind of a, a crew of different people so we'll see like you know what this looks like uh, episode two and three and four and going on going forward so i think we have a good diverse group of people with different backgrounds and opinions on different styles and everything so uh hopefully everyone enjoyed episode one of the fuzz club and and uh, you go check out this cave-in album and um, that's that. Yeah, thanks for having us and uh, doing what you do, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Thanks See you, so much. everybody. Later. Take care.